0: what is up welcome to the life like a movie podcast special guest today we're talking about lyme disease and we're talking about it with Laura. Now, she, what she does is she heals the mind body and soul from lyme disease now if you haven't you know, had it yourself or you don't know anybody who has it we're going to dive into what it is and kind of the problems it can cause but also how to fix it Lauren is an absolute expert in this field, and she's kind of heading the community right now for healing Lyme disease, empowering uh, men and women, and showing them how to love themselves to help them overcome Lyme disease. So without further ado, let's hop into this interview where I personally discover a little bit more about this topic. Let's do this. I had never really heard of Lyme disease. I had never, I had heard of it, it sounded familiar, but I never really knew much about it. But it seems that it can actually cause quite a bit of angst for people and there seems to be a bit of a community out there so I think it's very awesome that you're kind of heading that you're 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 very much at the forefront of trying to help people overcome their own struggles right I mean yeah like can you can you speak on that like you know like what was your what was your journey like with with this disease and and why did it inspire you so much to now spend your time putting out content and helping other people with it
1: yeah there was a lot of stress involved in getting diagnosed and just dealing with these symptoms. And I felt really alone. I felt like other people didn't understand, especially because Lyme's an invisible illness. So I look completely fine, but inside I felt like I was dying. So the people around me for the most part were supportive, but they just didn't really get what I was going through. Mm-hmm. And I just felt really isolated, even with the support of family and friends. And so as I started to discover different Facebook groups and the community on Instagram, it really made me feel less alone.
0: I love that. Yeah. Um, so how did you, so that's how you kind of found your community, right? Because honestly, if I'm being completely transparent, sometimes I feel as if, uh, or I have felt in the past that I'm going through something alone and I've never really, I've never fully searched out for a a Facebook group. I've, I've looked at a few different groups, um, I've tried to reach out to some friends, but a lot of times, like you're right, I feel like if you haven't been through it yourself, it's tough to understand what somebody else is going through. Uh, so what was that process like for you once you found that community? What changed within you when you found that community? Like, was there something that you felt changed?
1: Yeah, I mean, that feeling just to know that there were other people out there who just got it. Who understood everything that I was going through, who I can just easily reach out to and talk to. And even if it's just a post in a group or reaching out to someone on Instagram, it it really was healing for me, that connection and that community. Because I feel like just for the emotional aspect of healing, it really helps to have that group, that community, someone you yeah. can who just knows, who gets it.
0: Yeah, to feel understood, right? Like yeah, to feel like exactly. Yeah. Okay, cool. So, um, I want to talk a little bit about Lyme disease, just for like a quick base, just for anybody who doesn't know what Lyme disease is. Um, so I've heard it's been called like the great imitator, you know, because it, it imitates other diseases. Um, and, but it can affect major organs. Correct. And it's not, like I thought, I always thought it was just a skin disease. Um, but no, it, it affects major organs and, and can be fatal. Correct. So like, uh, could you just explain, uh, give a little bit more to the audience about what Lyme disease is?
1: Yeah. So before I was diagnosed with Lyme disease, I knew nothing about it. I thought, okay, if you get bitten by a tick, you get a bullseye rash, you go to the doctor, you get antibiotics for a month and you're all set. But it's not like, because a lot of people don't remember the tick bite or they don't even see a tick. They Some people don't get a rash. And um. I think it's kind of complicated because let's say you do get a rash and you are diagnosed pretty quickly you can go on antibiotics and be better but for the people who don't get diagnosed the bacteria it's a bacteria lime oh, and it, can, it kind of morphs changes shape to evade antibiotics and it can go into your organs and go into your tissues and cause a lot of neurological a lot of different symptoms and so people go to the doctor and they don't even know to mention Lyme disease because they're just all of a sudden have these 30 symptoms and pain and, you know, and they're diagnosed with fibromyalgia or chronic fatigue syndrome because they can't oh. get, or um, I was diagnosed with stress. And it, I think it's also really difficult because a lot of us look the same, we look completely healthy and we're going to these doctors and a lot of them aren't, don't know to test for Lyme disease, Oh man, yeah. aren't accurate. So there's just a lot of there's a lot of stuff that makes this a very difficult disease to to be diagnosed with and then also to treat.
0: Yeah. Oh, my God. Like and to not show any symptoms, to not know, like it's just a you just feel crappy and you don't know why. That just sounds very difficult, very difficult situation. Um, So how did you figure it out?
1: So I had health issues for about 15 years before I was formally diagnosed, and I don't know if that was Lyme. It could have been mold poisoning. I, I was diagnosed with a lot of things like within a couple of years, a few years ago. Yeah. I went to these doctors with these weird symptoms, and they would do blood work and say, you're fine. This is just stress. So I kind of learned to live with these symptoms. But then four and a half years ago, I was hiking on the West Coast, and I came back And within a few months, I started getting flu-like symptoms. But within a few months, I ended up having about 30 symptoms. And every day I was dealing with this muscle pain, intense muscle pain all throughout my body and migraines and um, this like heaviness and jaw pain. And I was realized my memory was going and I was forgetting things and tingling. burning. I mean, so many symptoms. And I started going to these doctors and that's when... I was diagnosed with fibromyalgia or chronic fatigue and I was told you have some kind of infection but we don't know what it is and we the your blood work doesn't show anything so you know you can take these prescription medications for the symptoms but there's nothing else we can do and I refused to believe that there was nothing to do and that I couldn't get better I love and, that <laughs> I ended up going to an acupuncturist to deal with like the pain and some of the symptoms I was dealing with and she was the first one to say, "Have you been tested for Lyme disease?" And I said, "No, no one's ever mentioned that to me before." So she she explained a little about it. She told me she deals with a lot of patients with Lyme, and I it sounds like I might have that. And she told me where to go to get diagnosed. Beautiful. I'm so grateful for her because finally I was able to go to the right place, get diagnosed, and start treatment.
0: Yes. Oh, that's so amazing. I love the attitude. By the way, of like. I refuse to accept that there's no way, you know, there's always a way. I love that. That's super cool. So how long has the treatment been going on? Um, Is it like a like, how long does it usually take for somebody with Lyme disease? And where do we go to get tested, by the way, just in case someone might be going through this or might might have something similar going on?
1: Yeah, that's a really good question. So if you think you might have Lyme, you should find a Lyme literate medical doctor. So the Global Lyme Alliance website has a form you can fill out and they'll help you find someone in your area if you don't know anyone offhand and also people post in the facebook groups asking for recommendations so those are doctors that are trained to treat lyme so i would recommend going to one of those to be diagnosed and treated
0: yeah
1: with the treatment it's very complicated because there's a lot of different factors and there's not just one course of treatment that works for everyone So it really depends on how is your immune system functioning? Do you have other infections? Are you dealing with a lot of stress in your life? Are you just, yeah, a lot of other like health issues that can go along with Lyme since Lyme can lower your immune system and cause all of these other infections.
0: Oh, okay.
1: And all of these other health issues. And some people are dealing with mold also. And so there's a lot of different factors that really affect treatment. And so treatment is, I feel like it's, more individualized because it really depends on the person's just a lot of the person's makeup and health issues and nutrition deficiencies and stuff like that
0: mm, okay all right i got gotcha. you yeah i it's, it's, it seems that a lot of doctors are going for more of the holistic approach nowadays it seems that our society is kind of bridging the east and the west together a little bit um so can you speak on like what your processes for like connecting with your body because a lot of eastern religions they talk about the mind body soul connection and i'm very fascinated at how much our our minds can affect our body like how much you can feel your body how much you can you can change like the genetic expression just just with thoughts so um could you ex- like share a little bit about what you know about the mind body connection and how, kind of how we can develop this sense of intuition and connection with our body
1: Sure. So there's actually a lot a lot of people talk about the mind body connection. And what I find really interesting is that there's a lot of science behind it. So research has shown that the stress hormone cortisol actually suppresses immune cells, and that stress can affect your autonomic nervous system. And that controls like blood pressure and heart rate and digestion. And the limbic system of the brain controls your fight or flight response and also could control digestion and immune system. So if we're under constant stress, mm-hmm. then symptoms can kind of overfire and cause physical symptoms in our body. So there is there is that science behind it. And I think especially with chronic illness and with Lyme, it causes a lot of stress for a lot of different reasons. Um, you know, it's scary when you have all of these symptoms and you don't know what's going on and you can't get a diagnosis. And the treatments aren't covered by insurance, so there's financial difficulties. And then other people in your life might not understand why you look healthy but can't get out of bed. And so it affects relationships and friendships. Mm. It really affects every aspect of your life. So, and also the healing isn't linear. So you can have a bunch of good days and then just go back, to feel like you're going back to square one with your symptoms. Mm. And get into this mindset like, oh, I must be doing something wrong and maybe I'm regressing. And it could really mess with your head and cause a lot of stress so some things for me that have been really helpful is um really having a mindfulness practice so there's actually science that shows that mindfulness meditation can affect your brain connectivity and decrease inflammatory markers in the body and so for me i have felt physically better when i'm practicing mindfulness And mindfulness for me includes bringing more awareness and attention into the present moment without judgment. And so while stress kind of has exacerbated my symptoms, I felt that mindfulness helps calm my physical body down. And before I got sick, I was kind of running on this autopilot, just go, 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 and I never just stopped to check in with myself and see how Mm -hmm. I was doing. And when I got really sick, part of me wanted to press rewind and go back to how things were before. And part of me wanted to press fast forward and skip this challenging part. Yeah. But it's really, I think it's so important to stay present with what's going on. Mm-hmm. And it's challenging, but that's where you can cultivate these mindfulness practices and really keep your body calm, calm your nervous system so it has, so it's able to heal better. So I do a lot of meditation. I had never really done meditation before I got sick, but I'm glad I started doing it and discovered it because that's been really helpful. I I get in my head a lot and can just like replay this, sure. this yeah. in my head. And meditation taught me to really get into my body and really feel the sensations and listen to my body and check in with what I need and really become more connected to my intuition and body. And I feel like by doing that, I can give my body what it needs in the moment. And that's just going to help me heal quicker.
0: Oh, interesting. So it's very like, situational for what you need at any given point in time, just like when you're treating yourself or um, like, throughout your, throughout your process of healing. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, like at a certain point, like you might need to uh, could you give me an example, actually, because I'm not sure where to pull from here. Like, So what, what I'm taking from this is that your mindfulness practices help help you get more in tune. So at a different point in time throughout your healing, you can you can connect with different parts of your body or different feelings that you may have and you you have a better grasp on what to do what treatment to take. Is that correct? Or is there something else?
1: Yeah, no, exactly. It's helped me connect to my intuition more to like feel like what the next steps are and just stay present while I'm going through really difficult times because with Lyme, there it's a roller coaster of emotions. I mean, you're 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 dealing with so much stuff and it can take years to treat. And so it's really up and down and a lot of these really intense emotions come up and I've really had to learn to stay present. And so the meditation helps me stay present. And also really just acknowledging and feeling the emotions as they come up, which was really hard for me to do because
0: okay.
1: growing up we're taught, oh, like Know, don't cry or don't be angry or you know, calm down. And we're emotions and we're not really taught to feel them and release them and kind of express them. And I struggle with that a lot. And I really had to learn to just during meditation and just in general, when I feel these intense emotions come up, just be present with them and allow them to flow through me. And so that's been really helpful too. I with the physical symptoms too, because it helps me calm my body down, which okay physical symptoms so yeah and all of this stuff the mindfulness the meditation all these practices are my goal is to calm my body down and connect with my body more so I know what I need in the moment and the symptoms don't get out of control
0: okay because the more you overthink it the more out of control they get
1: yeah I was like in this mindset like I was in a victim mindset for a long time like uh, Why is this happening to me and mm. oh, you deserve this and it was just causing this anxiety Viral throughout my body, and I was so tense, and I was always worried, and always frustrated, and just so much anxiety. So this really taught me to come back in my body. How can I just stay present through breathing, the meditation, all of these things?
0: So something I'm curious about. I would personally love to get better at just allowing my emotions to flow like water. You know, like just to to let them out. To be present while they ex- and and experience it wholly fully for what they are. That's not always e- easy. Um you know like <laughs> I um I've caught myself like whether it's um boredom, anger, um jealousy and trying to th- sit there with the emotion it's it's tough to not identify with a thought of the future or a thought of the past or to believe a negative an automatic negative thought that I keep telling myself. So how how like what's your process of sitting with the emotion? Okay. So an emotion comes up for Lauren and um, let's just say you're sitting down at the time and it's anger. You're angry. How do you how do you sit with that? Like what do you what do you think about in your mind? Like do you say okay Lauren, you know, like it's time to calm down. Like do you say something to yourself? Do you picture something in your head of like a time when you were really calm? What what do you what do you think about when that in the, when that moment comes?
1: So for me, first I identify the emotion. What am I feeling? So I'm feeling this anger throughout my body. Okay. So I always remind myself this is temporary. You know, nothing in life is constant. There's always ebbs and flows. There's always good and quote unquote bad. So nothing lasts forever. So I remind myself, okay, this emotion is temporary, it will pass. Yes, it's uncomfortable. Maybe I don't want to feel it, but I know that it will flow through me and it will pass. And then I ask myself, okay, what can I do in this moment to take care of myself? Do I need to like dance it out? Do I want to take a walk? Do I need to do something active? And maybe I'm not feeling well and I just have to lay there. So maybe I can like do tense um, and tension and relaxation exercises in my body Maybe I can do meditation to calm my body down until it passes. Um, breathing exercises. I just kind of check in with myself. And sometimes, if I don't want to do any of that, I'll just journal. And sometimes it's so cathartic to just keep writing and even just write out all the anger, just everything that I'm like angry
0: about, <laughs> Yeah.
1: get it out, and then I feel a lot better after.
0: <laughs> yeah. Okay. So like, um, so like, so you're in the moment. You're like, okay, this is temporary. Like, what can I do right now to take care of myself? And you get you kind of calm yourself down. Then you do you like picture in your head, like, so say you think of meditating or journaling, you're, you're thinking between one of the two, like, do you picture that? And then that motivates you to take action? Like, what does that look like?
1: Yeah, I just feel inside and I'll go through like the a check, like kind of like a toolbox I have of what I need to do and just feel what feels right in the moment. And sometimes I don't feel like doing anything. I just feel like being angry and not just not doing anything. And I'll just lay there like, okay, it'll pass. But I'm just so angry. And, you know, just, yeah, just going through this toolbox I have of the meditation, do I need to take a bath? Do I need to call a friend and vent? Just mm-hmm. I have created this toolbox over time of things to do when I'm feeling these tough emotions. Yeah, myself to feel them, but also taking care of myself at the same time.
0: Mm, okay. All right, cool. I love that. Um, it's It's nice to hear that you have like a self care routine. Um, not even a routine, just like you have like you, like you said, you have a toolbox. you have things to pull from. like, what do I need right now? because um I, I've myself been in a situation I'm sure many of many of us have where we feel these angry emotions or whatever the 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 lower level emotion is, and we don't know how to deal with it and we end up expressing it or projecting it onto somebody else or at the very least we don't process it and feel it. And I think that's where a lot of us, might be going wrong where I've gone wrong in the past so I'm glad that you shared a little bit about that with us um just just one one little thing actually would you be able to share like a couple like, like how did you find your toolbox just so somebody can start kind of start for themselves here like just testing testing testing
1: yeah I mean just trying different I I would research online different mm-hmm. um, different things and just trying different things and then other yeah. people me, have you tried this? And I was like, oh, no, but I'm going to try that if I if I feel like I should try that. So just over time, over the last few years, just kept adding to this list. And so now I have. Like,
0: yeah. a I guess that's the nice thing about having the community, right, is that you can ask ask specific questions like, have you guys tried this exercise? And then other people will recommend it in the Facebook group or something like that. So um, yeah, I guess that's a nice thing about having community.
1: Yeah, definitely. I learned a lot from all of these groups, sharing ideas with everyone.
0: Yeah, awesome. Um, I, I love what you said. Um, I saw this one in one of your Instagram posts. You referenced uh, John Kebet Zinn about um, learning to surf as opposed to trying to control the waves. Was that the correct quote?
1: Yeah, um, you can stop the waves, but you can learn to surf.
0: You can't stop the waves, but you can learn to surf. I love that. I love that a lot. Um, yeah, I wanted, I just wanted to pop that quote in there just in case, just to kind of help help us resonate with this a little bit more um for everything that we're talking about the healing um just like it's gonna come up like i love what you said like as soon as it comes up you're like okay this is temporary just like waves go up and down and up and down like it's all it's all temporary um and so you can't stop the waves that's just life but you can learn to surf i thought that was a really great quote so i wanted to bring that up yeah that's been No, no 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 go ahead go ahead
1: that quote's been, my, a friend sent it to me a couple years ago, and that quote's really been the motto of my healing, because um, I feel like learning to surf can be really challenging in any situation, but especially the chronic illnesses with all, all the ups and downs and the moisture mm-hmm. of emotions, and like during those times, I believe we have two choices, and we can resist everything that's happening and kind of like feel sorry for ourselves and just dwell on everything going wrong. Or it can make a choice. This is not where I want to be. But these are my current circumstances. And how can I navigate that with self love and compassion, right. going through hard times? Yeah,
0: yeah. Okay. Um, so I've kind of like a, a more fun question. Now, I'm just kind of curious about it. Like, so you, you spend some time sick, maybe like lying down in bed. I'm curious, like, how do you how do how does one be productive while they're sick? Should they be productive while they're sick? Should we just take that time to rest? Because for someone listening and they have a chronic illness, and I I talked to somebody yesterday who is dealing with something um, similar, although it's more of a mental il- mental illness. the the person feels like they haven't they haven't um, utilized their life and they're kind of feeling like they're wasting their time because they're always worrying about this illness and experiencing this illness. So how does one be productive while they're sick and is that even what we should be focusing on? Like, what, what is your two cents on that?
1: That's a really good question. So before I got sick, I was very go, 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 always doing right. something.
0: Right, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. And going to yoga and out with friends and just always out. And I never really slowed down or stopped to check in with myself. And then I just kind of crashed and I got really sick and couldn't get out of bed at all. And I really struggled with that term productivity because before productivity meant doing all of the things and now i couldn't do anything everything was taken away so i really struggled with this for a while and i really had to change my definition of productivity to me because my goals changed so now my goal was getting healthy so i had to put all my energy into getting healthy and so for for me at that time productivity meant everything i need to do to get better so going to doctors appointments and sleeping right. resting All of that stuff which maybe even watching tv like all of this stuff that society wouldn't really deem productive became productive for me because that was my goal and i just wanted to get healthy and i found from a a mental and emotional standpoint that finding joy every day too i became was productive for me because Mm. doing that i was able to just keep my mental and emotional state more stable by finding little moments of joy throughout the day so even when I couldn't get out of bed, just like listen, watching a funny animal YouTube video or just something. Yeah,
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> so yeah, I feel like um, it really made me realize the importance of being versus doing. Because before I would never really just be I was always doing. But I and I feel like even if you're not sick, that balance between being and doing is really important. cool by being, I'm learning more about myself more than ever, and I'm cultivating creativity and getting ideas and getting more clarity and really connecting to my body and being able to listen to my intuition more. So in that way, being is really just as productive as doing, and it kind of gives us the ideas. So then we can take them and do. So that for me, that's yeah. I I, I mean. I I felt like I was, I went through periods in my life where I was just doing, and then I was forced to just be, but as I got better, I was able to integrate both of them. And I'm like, that's the key. No matter How much you have to do. I feel like you can always have time to just be. And I feel like productivity looks different for everyone. I mean, it's going to look different for someone who's young and single than someone who is older with a young kids and,
0: um,
1: and job. But I feel like, so there's no one size fits all but I feel like we can embrace where we are. And even if we have five minutes just in the shower to be and connect with ourselves and listen to ourselves, then that's, yeah. yeah.
0: I know, I, I love that, I love that. So like being, you're meaning like taking a step back, more of a reflective, contemplative, meditative act is what you're kind of saying. And by doing that, we can get a little bit more in tune. OK, what do I actually feel? What do I what do I think I need right now? And then we use that information and that those feelings to drive ourselves forward to do to be productive or to be productive exactly. right? put in air quotes. OK, cool. You know, I, I want to share something with you. Are you spiritual at all? Do you have a spiritual practice? Yeah. OK, cool. Um, So I want to know what, what, what you think of this. I don't know what to make of it, but I, I, I keep I keep thinking about it. Um. So the word karma in Sanskrit actually means action, and most of us think that karma means you know because I did this in the past, I now reap this unfortunate consequence, or something like that. But it actually means action. So the the whole idea is that the doing and the happening are one and the same. In a sense, you do what happens to you. Um, anyways, and so I thought of that when you said being and doing. And I'm just, I'm just kind of curious. This is a bit, a bit tangential here, but um, I'm just kind of curious as to what your take is on that, because I do agree that like reflection and then using that to go forward is unbelievably important. And when I think we, we look at it this from a more spiritual lens, this is something that I have no idea how to do. Um, but I'm just trying to like put the pieces together, because it sounds so blissful and and peaceful. You know, when that's in that state of um, uh, samadhi or whatever you may call it, where, you're just, where the being and the doing is one, when you've merged them together for that unifying whole feeling. Um, that was quite the tangent. So like, what do you what do you take from that like, through your spiritual practice and then your experience? I'm just so curious to learn more about this idea.
1: Yeah, I feel like the being for me is going into my inner world and really getting in touch with my inner world. And I feel like by doing that, then it will reflect in my outer world. So mm-hmm. yeah, there's just two sides of this productivity, going inward and dealing with the inner world and then going outward and dealing with the outer world. And I feel like they're very connected.
0: Oh, very nice. Okay. So the inner world, yeah, the inner world it creates our outer world, our outer reality basically. Right. I, I you know, I I think that's great. I think doing the work, you know, is so so important. <laughs> It's like, wow. It's like the most important thing. I mean, I for myself even, like, just realizing like the child tra- like trauma that I had in my childhood, I was like, I have a good childhood, right? Like, why is this coming up? Like everything seems to come from childhood. So I so I'm being told. And um, anyways, and then doing the work, you're like, oh my God, like this, and then this and then this. It's like there is so much down deep down there. But a lot of us don't do the work, or maybe we don't know that we need the work. I definitely didn't know I needed it. So like how do you, how did you motivate yourself to do the work because like maybe for you it was more like of a necessity right because you you were going through these but no that's not even fair to say I think because we all have difficult times that that, you know we need to go deep for so like how did you motivate yourself to to go deep and and do the do the work do the meditation consistently and getting to the bottom of of what's going on deep deep inside
1: yeah that's a great question because I didn't know to even I didn't even know about the work you know right yeah yeah (laughs) Um, so yeah, I find that doing the work can be really challenging, but it's also really rewarding because uncovering these layers has really helped me become my true authentic self. And I've felt true happiness that comes within and not from outside circumstances. And I didn't have that before. And before I was in this place of victim mentality, but really, I was also like a people pleaser and I would crave external validation and feel really unworthy. and doing the work really taught me to become empowered and more comfortable in my skin and more confident and in, it just felt all of this freedom i think that's the best word to describe it and so it's almost it was addicting because you know it's very challenging but as you do it and you feel all of these emotions of empowerment and freedom and confidence you realize it's worth it this is worth it i'm happier than i've ever been no matter what my circumstances are
0: Oh, I love that so much. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, if there, yeah, I would just love for, for more of us to, to, to go deep and do, do the work. Like, yeah, I was having a conversation with a friend last night actually specifically about this. And I was like, he was saying, cause he, he had, it's so funny that we're having this conversation last night. He had like this huge, like rage and anger come up with it. And he hadn't had this in a long time. He didn't know where it, like what that what's going on. And so what he did after a while is he just sat there and let it out. And, um, Anyways, and then after a long conversation about it, he was like realized it came from his childhood, and now he's gonna go into more childhood trauma work, you know, in in the next little bit. And then like I asked the question, like we had, and he he mentioned it was the same thing as like getting into shape or following a good diet. Like, why don't we do it? You know, like why don't we all just like these things are so good for us. Like, why don't we do it? Or why don't like most of us do it? Because I feel like most of us don't do it. So um what what's your what's your take on that? Like why don't you think people do the work or you know what I mean? Like what where's like the lack of motivation or you know, what is it?
1: I feel like a lot of people don't know to do the work because we're not taught that. You know, yeah. as we're not really taught, oh, you know, check in with yourself. Are you being triggered? Why why are you being triggered? Um, like to check to kind of be aware of our triggering thoughts and limiting beliefs and places yeah. where we And we just don't know to do that until maybe someone mentions it or something happens where you're kind of forced To really look at yourself and like in my situation Everything was taken away and I had nothing and I went through sort of this identity crisis Like who am I? I don't know who I am without all of these external things and so I was forced In a way quote-unquote forced to do it because I really had to look at myself But not everyone even you know some people go through really some circumstances and they don't know to do that they're just suppressing everything and going on like they always did on this autopilot mode so I just feel like it's not talked about that much it's becoming more popular and more people are talking about it but not enough for everyone to be aware of it
0: yeah right right I really hope that we can start trusting ourselves a little bit more trying a few new things having a little bit of courage you know I start doing that yeah Um, Anyways, I want to be respectful of your time. Um, So thank you so, so much for taking the time to to chat with me and to share your experience. Um, I took quite a few notes from that one and I I really appreciate what what you brought to, to, to my audience today. I really hope they could take something from that.
1: Yeah, thank you so much for having me on, this is great.
0: Alright you guys, that's the episode. Huge thanks to Lauren for coming on. I had a lot of fun. Always fun learning, and especially from someone who's been through it themselves. That's always the best place to learn from It's Someone who's actually experienced it, overcame it, and now using that experience to make an impact. Super inspiring. So thanks to her. Now, we have a fun rebranding coming up. We're changing the name from Life Like a Movie Podcast, but for now we're going to keep it the same. Uh, We're just going to have a nice little name change. Different... uh, different guests on changing the vibe of this podcast something that i'm uh turning turning into a uh, a passionate soul about we'll call it that so uh, i look forward to sharing that with you guys in the future but for now we still got the life like a movie podcast still a cool name and uh, anyways guys thank you so much for watching just shadowing our, our new branding here but um yep yeah, thank you and i will see you next time